What was the war of currents and what was Tesla's role in that war of currents? The real issue here was who was going to harness uh, Niagara Falls. Uh, you're in Israel right now, people all over the world are looking at this. Niagara, Niagara Falls is the center of, of the power distribution here in the United States, at least in the Northeast. And, you know, in the turn of the century, in the early uh, 1900s, late 1800s, most of the industry, most of the world was New York City, Philadelphia, Boston. And so where were the factories going to be? As I said before, Tesla, if you wanted to run a factory, you had to have, be right on the power source. Here in New England, all the factories were along rivers. And even now, a lot of the factories, the old ones, you can still see the remnants were, were next to rivers because you had to be right at the power source. So the plan was that all the factories would move up to Niagara Falls and they would all run on this great giant Niagara Falls. That was at stake. Who was going to run all the factories in the in the Northeast? And it was going to be either be through direct current or through alternating current. So the goal was the, the, the right to harness Niagara Falls. Um, along the way, Westinghouse took a million dollar loss to light the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. He lit, lit the fair with Tesla's hydroelectric powers. Well, it was not hydroelectric, but his uh, AC polyphase system. Uh, so in 1893, it was the first city ever lit by uh, alternating current, and it proved that that Tesla system worked. So Edison was still entrenched in the direct current system, so he started electrocuting cats and dogs, and even a horse, and even an elephant uh, with uh, alternating current, and got the electric chair uh, instituted, and he even appeared at the trial of William Kemlin. He was a man who axed his uh, wife to death with, with an axe, and he was the first man to die in the electric chair, and he, and he died with alternating current. So Edison was trying to build uh, alternating current as the most dangerous current. Meanwhile, people were dying in direct current and alternating current. It was, it, was, it was dangerous if you misused it. And when I was a kid, you used to get shocks. I used to get a shock when I would put the toaster on, and if my hand, my arm touched the metal of the, uh, of the, of the counter, I would get a shock. Um, so it's dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. But anyhow, the, the goal was who, was who would win the right to harness Niagara Falls. And fortunately, the Tesla system won. Had Edison's system won, and he had the PR. He was Tom Edison, Wizard of Menlo Park. All the factories would have moved up to Niagara Falls and would have ruined the area. But fortunately, Tesla won. And now from Niagara Falls, from one spot, you could literally electrify three, 400 miles in every direction. I'm old enough to remember the great blackout in 1965. That was Tesla's system, the entire electrical grid. Even today, the whole, the electrical grid over the whole world still runs in Tesla's system because it's fundamental. Did Tesla ever win the Nobel Prize? And if he did not, why not? In 1915, it was announced on the front page of the New York Times, Tesla and Edison to share the Nobel Prize in physics. They have never apologized for this because neither of these guys won the Nobel Prize. Edison actually got nominated that year, and I've seen the nominations. There's one nomination missing, and I'm guessing that maybe it was for Tesla. But anyhow, the guy who nominated Edison said, 
I'm apologizing, but I think Edison really deserves a Nobel Prize. I'm thinking, why would anybody apologize for Edison? He deserves a Nobel Prize. I mean, all the things that he's done. Um, but what happened was in 1909, which is uh, six years earlier, Marconi got the Nobel Prize for uh, wireless communication. Marconi uh, certainly did a lot of things, you know, in, in building a radio empire, but he built it all on Tesla's uh, invention. So Tesla was very angry, and he was angry at the Nobel Prize Committee. And it's very possible, no one can totally prove this, but it's very possible that he wrote an angry letter to the Nobel Committee saying, how dare you, you know, give a prize to Marconi who stole all my stuff. And Edison's just a mere inventor. I'm a creator of new principles. So he never got a Nobel Prize. But one thing which is very interesting about all this is that the guy who nominated uh, Albert Einstein for the Nobel Prize in 1935, also nominated Nikola Tesla. So Nikola Tesla was nominated for the Nobel Prize, but he never received one. With all of the patents and all of the inventions, you had mentioned the book of patents is just, you know, a thousand pages. How would you define uh, Tesla's major achievements and his legacy as we look back today at what he accomplished? I think that his major achievements are the invention of the induction motor, uh, what we can call the hydroelectric power system. What's very important to realize about the hydroelectric power system is that it's non-polluting and renewable. I saw Elon Musk on you know, the Colbert show, and he said the most important thing is that we have renewable energy, you know, clean renewable energy, which is at, uh, Tesla's uh, invention. Uh, before Tesla, Every little hamlet all throughout the entire world would have to have a, a, a coal-operated power station or be near a waterfall. Most of them are not near waterfalls. So the air was incredibly polluted in the 1880s and the 1890s before Tesla's system came in. We know the problem now with, with global warming. I think Tesla is the single most important person to helping to slow down global warming because he invented the hydroelectric power system which is the utopian dream. It's a renewable and it's clean energy and it powers forever. Um, it's just an incredible invention. So I think that's his greatest invention, but he also is the inventor of wireless communication. He invented uh, the ability to transmit voice uh, pictures and even power uh, by means of wireless. Um, so I think those are his two greatest inventions. He also invented the remote, remote control and robots, the whole idea of robotics. Um, and uh, even, you know, the whole idea of a logic gate, uh, the, um, the computer chip, uh, you know, we send a man to the moon, how do we do that? How does a computer decide how to do that? You're typing to your friend, or you're creating pictures or whatever. It's all zeros and ones on and off system. It's a, it's a binary system, which is converted into uh, an alphabet. And, et cetera, et cetera. And Tesla's first uh, remote control robot, robot in 1898 worked on an on-watch system. Uh, either the current was on or the current was off and he was able to steer a boat that way. So he really is uh, you know, the forefather of that whole idea of what becomes a computer chip too. So I think that those are some of his greatest achievements. Beyond the scientific world, did Tesla venture into social issues? Did he express views, political views, social views? 
I don't think he expressed them too much, uh, uh, you know, to the, to the outer world, but I've, I've read the letters. Um, he was, you know, in night, during World War I, he was working for the Germans. Um, this is a very complicated time. And I get it particularly into the new book, uh, Tesla Was It at War. Um, Tesla was hired by Telefunken because they had a, a wireless uh, system. Um, World War I started in 1914. We didn't get into the war until 1917. So it's perfectly okay to uh, work with the Germans in 1914, 15, 16, even part of 17. And in fact, uh, the US Navy had German uh, wireless system set up on their, uh, on their uh, ships. So that was the world, you know, at that time. And, uh, um, but once the war broke out and they sunk the Lusitania and they did all these, the Germans did, you know, horrible things. They marched through Belgium, killed a lot of people on their way to France. Tesla called them out. Um, and that's one of the few times that he was really uh, uh, active, you know, verbally. Uh, you know, saying that what they were doing was horrible. Uh, but, you know, later in life, you know, even though he, uh, on the one hand, respected, you know, uh, Roosevelt and the administration, he was against the New Deal. He was, uh, I would say, more of a Republican in a sense. Uh, and, he, and he was very much against the New Deal. And I think he was a bit of an elitist uh, in that regard. So uh, I don't think he expressed himself too much to the outer world. But that's really what, what his thinking was. The quote, and I'm not sure if it's an accurate quote, Miss, never trust a Jew. Is that an accurate quote? And is that reflective of the deep anti-Semitism? Or was it just, you know, something he's, he might have said in some kind of a context that needs to be better understood? I have never seen that quote attributed to Tesla. And I've seen hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands. I've done this for 40 years. So I've never seen that particular quote. I did find three instances where Tesla said something uh, that I would say would be anti-Semitic. Um, he's writing to Katherine Johnson and he says, uh, you know, let's have a great time and let's not invite you know, plebeians or Jews or anybody like that to the party, you know, something like that. Um, and uh, when he's pleading with uh, JP Morgan for more money, he said to Morgan, um, are you going to make me go to some Jew to ask for some for money? You know, I, I'm ready to change the world and advance the century, the world of another century. And in another letter, I saw uh, a, a comment about gypsies and Jews. Um, but the irony for me is that Tesla was surrounded by Jewish people who were great supporters of Tesla. So I think he was part of the, the era where there was a general uh, sense of uh, general anti-Semitism. Semitism. There's some of it now, of course, too. Um, I, when I grew up, you know, there were certain uh, golf courses. I was a caddy. I wouldn't even caddy at these golf courses. I knew there were no Jews allowed at these golf courses. You just knew there were certain towns that you knew. You just didn't, you wouldn't move into those towns. It just was a vibe. Uh, and so I think he was part of that vibe. However, when you get really into it, his closest associate was uh, Fritz Lowenstein. Um, if you read anything about Tesla, Lowenstein was uh, eventually, essentially his right arm in terms of a lot of the stuff they did. Lowenstein was Jewish, so he was an electrical engineer. Lowenstein paid him money uh, when he had certain patents that 
that Tesla was associated with. Um, Hugo Gernsback, who was the father of science fiction, uh, published Tesla's autobiography, was very good friends with Tesla and enamored with Tesla, uh, publishing his autobiography in Electrical Experimenter in 1919. Gernsback helped get Tesla a free rent at the Hotel New Yorker. He helped shame the Westinghouse Corporation into covering uh, the rent. That's how Tesla lived for free at the Hotel New Yorker. Um, he negotiated with uh, Sam Guggenheim, who was Jewish. August Belmont was Jewish. He funded uh, the Westinghouse Corporation. Um, Carl Lemley, who was a film producer, a very famous film producer, he wrote to him extensively. So I think that um, it's very complicated. I think a lot of people through the years can, in a general sense, oh, that, that, you know, that Jew's a cheap guy. Uh, I think he was more on that level, but when it actually came to individuals, I don't think he was anti-Semitic at all. I think he had close uh, relationships with, with all those people that I just mentioned. Uh, in conclusion, the, the, the message that you think young people, uh, and even young people who don't have a great interest in physics or mathematics, should and can learn from the life and work of Nikola Tesla. I, um, in a way, you know, I hate to, you know, I don't want to reduce my life to being, you know, just the guy who spent 40 years studying Tesla's life. I've done so many other things as well, um, written many other books, written four novels, um, another um, graphologist, the handwriting expert. But Tesla's an inspiration. He's an incredible inspiration. You're constantly learning new things about him. I think the thing about Tesla, and, um, you know, I saw this movie, uh, the, the Queen's Gambit. I hope uh, the young people will see this. The chess, the chess, the chess movie. Yeah, it's a, a chess movie. It's a five-part movie. It celebrates intelligence. That's underneath it all. That's what this movie was about, and that's what Tesla is. He celebrates intelligence. He wanted to uh, harness the wheelwork of nature. He achieved the utopian dream of the hydroelectric power system. As I mentioned, it's it's renewable and it doesn't pollute the earth. That's what we're trying to do now. We don't want global warming. Tesla would be on the forefront to figure out a way to stop global warming. You're constantly learning new things about him. This whole thing I talked about, the dynamic theory of gravity, he got me interested in CERN, you know, the, the super collider and the Higgs boson, God particle and all that stuff. That's just one little offshoot. He got me interested in aerodynamics, you know, and uh, I mentioned the Osprey and also the flying wing, the stealth bomber, all of that, you can trace back to the work that he did. I think he's a very inspiring. Plus, he lived such an amazing life. He lived in the world of the story at the height of the Gilded Age. His friends, as I mentioned, Mark Twain and Rudyard Kipling, uh, John Jacob Astor, who owned uh, the Waldorf, and uh, uh, Catherine Johnson, uh, Sarah Bernhardt, he knew. Um, so you read his life, it's, it's, I think his life is much more fantastic than any work of fiction. I have a screenplay that I'm working with my partner, Tim Eaton, who worked at Industrial Light and Magic, George Lucas Films for, for 20 years, and we're trying to get his life story told as a miniseries. I just find him so fascinating on so many levels. So that would be the reason why I would suggest to young people, I have many young people write to me. I've helped many young people with their science projects, and almost every one of them won. The science project because Tesla is just so fascinating. So 
So that would be my uh, suggestion is to, uh, is to study a guy who really tried to change the world uh, for the betterment of mankind. Um, he actually calculated how many man hours he saved through his invention of the induction motor. You know, you can imagine you have the horse and the plow pulling the thing. Well, if you have a tractor, how many man hours does that save? He calculated how many man hours his induction motor saved the world. That's the, the type, type of global thinking. He also talked about with his wireless communication, he said, with my wireless, he invented the cell phone technology, the ability to create an unlimited number of wireless channels. He said, with my wireless uh, scheme, I will change the world into a brain, as it were, which will feel in all its parts. Who thinks like that? Who sees the earth as a brain, as it were, who feel in all its parts? That's the genius of this guy. He constantly triggers those kinds of feelings. And so I would think, you know, to the young people, uh, he's the type of guy you need, you should study because he enlightens you. He uh, motivates you to become a better person. And, and his motivation, like Jacques Cousteau, is to work with the highest technologies to advance the world. Um, so that's pretty much how I see it. This has been wonderful, fascinating. We can go on, but um, again, The Wizard, Nikola Tesla, and the new book, again, is entitled... Oh, yeah, let me show it to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's called Tesla, Wizard at War. Okay. And uh, it will be out in audio in late September. I mean, okay. uh, in, late, in late June, uh, maybe early July. And uh, the physical book, um, I'm trying to get the publisher to uh, move uh, their uh, behinds a little bit to get it out a little bit quicker. So I don't know exactly when the physical book will be out, but the audio book will be out um, in, in late June, early July. Okay, so keep, keep um, Googling uh, Dr. Mark Seifer and Tesla, and it's going to be coming up. And meanwhile... This is a great buy. Um, you can just go onto Amazon, easy, gets delivered to your house. Prime, I did it as well. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate Harry, it. thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. And it's great meeting you this way. And this is this is Tesla's world where we're almost like sitting across from each other. That's what he said in 1901. Right. Thank you.